Good evening. How is everyone this evening? Well, it is great to be in the house of the Lord together. And of course, uh, praying for Pastor Chuck and Pastor Schneider as they have made it, I believe, to Trujillo. So going to be uh, beginning the ministering there and, you know, lots of plane rides. Peru is quite far down there in South America when you look at a map. It's you know, is it below Chile, if I remember correctly? I don't remember, but I know it's kind of on the, the west coast of uh, South America. So just a great trip and looking forward to seeing some updates, some more updates from them soon. So let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer and then we'll sing together. God, we thank you so much for letting us gather tonight. We thank you for giving uh, Pastor Chuck and Pastor Schneider safety flying down to Peru. We just pray for a profitable trip of ministry, encouragement as they teach other pastors as well. And I believe pastor was perhaps preaching tonight, so we lift him up and we ask that you would strengthen him. We pray, God, for our church family that we would just continue to engage and continue to be a part of the missions program here in our church. And as we continue to support the church plan in Peru, God, that we would just see lots of fruit there that will abound to our account. Most of us will never meet the faces that we support on the mission field, God, but we know that you are able to save, you are saving, and you desire for all to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and sing before the throne of God above, all from our virtual pianist tonight. the throne of God above. I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while a little more virtual piano in the audio if possible when satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within upward i look and see him there made an end of all my sin because the sinless savior
seated. And let's start with some praises tonight. God is so good to us, isn't he? All right, one or two or three of you. Um, the rest of you must be really having a bad week, but we can still praise God despite the circumstances. Coming back to Tracy, and then Kevin, I see your hand. I see you've got off the ark safely, so, okay, good. Yes, hello, Tracy. Hello. I just praise God for this church. Um, I thank all of you for your love and prayers, for um, the calls and the cards, for our granny. Um, I especially want to thank Pastor and Pastor Chuck and Miss Muriel, who were willing to go to the funeral with us just because of the family craziness. And Miss Muriel, because we were sick, actually went for us and gave us a wonderful report and told us how it went. And she did say that she really thinks it was God that made us sick, that it was well that we weren't there because um, she got a little bit of taste of the, the family. So I just thank you guys. Um, if you're not a member of this church, I don't know what you're waiting for. There's nothing else about it. The people here are just, I just love you guys. I can, can't do it without you. And we love you too. I guess I should probably join the church now as well. So <laughs> thank you for that encouragement. Sunday, we'll do it Sunday. All right, Art. Praise the Lord. Um, I know everybody's been praying for Patty, but her sleep is getting better. She's only waking up once during the night now. Oh, great. And uh, that's because of the problems she has because of mold at work. Mm. Yeah. And they're fixing to close up work in, during probably this summer. To um, so pray for her next decisions, what she's going to do. And praise the Lord that we went down to see Tabitha move into uh, a very nice rental house while theirs is going to be renovated. Great. And restored. Well, praise God. I know we had talked about that briefly last week, but, you know, praise God, Tabitha and the family, they're out of the hotel and into a house. Um, coming up to Kevin here in the front. So we'll pray for Patty as well in a minute. Continued healing. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we made it back, and I just want to praise the Lord. It was a great weekend. It really great. was. Um, the drive out, a um, little bit, I thought it was going to be a little bit hazardous because we hit the snow as we were heading out. Um, but uh, praise the Lord. We made it to Kentucky to, uh, you know, safe and sound. Um, I think we got into the hotel, what was it, about midnight, something like that. So a little smoked on uh, uh, Thursday night, but uh, the museum was great. The ark was phenomenal, and, uh, and then the drive back was great as well. Um, found a little church um, there in the uh, Kentucky countryside. I mean, it was just out in the, the farmland. I think there was like maybe a dozen members at the most. So, you know, you, you kind of... You, uh, you're, you feel it. It, it is. It, it was, it was uh, you know... In a way, you know, I like that intimate feel, but I, I, I still missed here. This is home. Yeah. And so it was really nice. And so I just want to praise the Lord for a great weekend. Um, we, you know, it's just nice to get around people that, you know, they're there to, to worship God and to, to, you know, learn more about him. And uh, um, another praise is uh, from work today. So I had a class that I'm in the middle of. We just started it today. It's only my second time teaching it. And the people that used to teach it, or not on the contracts. So I had to kind of figure it out for myself. So mm. praise the Lord. Today went well. It actually went very well. We were experimenting with some new 
um, learning techniques in the classroom. And so it's, it's gone very, very well. So I just wanted to um, praise God for that as well, because it's been something that's been on my heart for a while, because it just, it, it doesn't, I don't feel comfortable with it, but he's made it better for me. And, and he's stretching me. And never comfortable when God's stretching you. That is true. But yes. but he does it for our good. He so does. just praise the Lord. Well, thanks for sharing. Thank that. you. I'm glad you guys had a great experience. And if you haven't been able to get down to the Creation Museum or the Ark, it's a great experience. We didn't get to experience the Ark when we went because they had just opened it and we did not have time. Pam, you had something? And the Bible Museum is a great, um, I could spend a couple of days in there reading everything. I mean, especially they had stuff from like the Mesopotamian era. No, but I mean, you can find good deals. I see Katie's hand in the back. So I have a very good update about my grandfather. Yes. The long and short of it is he refuses to die because that's what he wants. Hospice has been called three times and he's basically shooed them away all three times, which is, which is good. And so he was very adamant that he wanted to try therapy. Um, and even though it was really God, the doctors that were in the ICU and the nurses, they were wonderful, sweet, very kind, took wonderful care of him. Um, but they were really, really pushing us to just let him go. And my dad has power of attorney, so he could have done that. He could have made that choice. Um, and their kind of perspective was, you know, we're going to put forth a lot of resources for him to maybe still not make it and, what, live a few more years? That was kind of their perspective, um, unfortunately. Um, my dad asked my grandfather, he said, what do you want? And like I said, he said he wanted to do therapy. And fortunately, my dad has a very good friend who is a doctor there, and he really pushed for him to be removed from that floor to get new doctors. So he's been excelling in therapy. He went from being told he's not gonna walk, he's not gonna eat, he's not gonna talk, to talking, eating, within a That's week. Great. And on Friday, sooner than expected, he's going to a rehab facility. Oh, great. Then, wow. mm -hmm. Praise God for that. Yep. I know we had prayed in Life Group whether he was going to a rehab facility or another wing in the hospital, I think you had mentioned on Sunday. So praise God for that. Anyone else with the praise? Yes, Rhonda? Uh, I don't, or a prayer request? Yeah. Um, just a quick update on Beth. Um, as of right now, Joseph is at the point. I mean, he's still in the hospital, but she is leaving there Tuesday nights, driving back to Bradenton, and she's going to teach Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then drive back Saturday to the hospital. So she feels comfortable enough leaving him alone. Okay. Um, I asked her how it went today was the first day. She said they texted quite a lot throughout the day, and Joe seems okay. The That's biggest crazy. thing right now, financially, she had to, she's, her car she left in Bradenton for Lillian to use to get to school, to get home, to go to sports. So Beth has been renting a car. It's costing about $175 a week. So mm -hmm. um, financially, pray for her that way. Definitely, we will I, do that. Yeah, because you know, $700 a month for a car rental, that can get quite expensive. So we'll continue to pray for Beth and Joe and the whole situation. That is good news, though, that Joe can kind of, I guess, manage as best as he can given the situation so uh, Beth can work. Cheryl? And we'll, we'll pray for a few of these requests here uh, momentarily. 
Uh, so T had her appointment today, and um, she was very disappointed because they were telling her that they did not want her to continue with the physical therapy because it was causing her a lot of pain. Mm. And after they did the evaluation, they realized that her bones are not healing the way they had wanted them to heal. So she has an ortho, um, an ortho appointment at the end of this month. Okay. And um, before I left the house, um, she was pretty much back to her old self, but uh, she wanted some time alone. So she's there at the house. And um, if anybody wanted to reach out to her, she said that she'd prefer they wait till maybe tomorrow or so. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. We want to pay, pray for uh, T's grandson, Demetrius, and then one of her granddaughters who was in an accident recently and dealing with some physical therapy with a back injury. So let's pray for a few of these requests. God, we do lift up Patty, and we thank you that um, she's not waking up all throughout the night, that it's only one time right now, God, and we trust you, and we ask that you just give her just a peaceful night of sleep that's uninterrupted very soon, so we lift that up to you. Uh, we pray just for wisdom in the decision-making process with work, maybe need, needing to do some additional uh, remediation with the mold situation there, so I pray for wisdom uh, for that. I do pray for uh, Tabitha's family and the home renovations to go uh, smoothly, that they would be able to get back in their house soon, but just at the right timing with just the right renovations that are done properly the first time, and there'd be minimal back and forth with the contractors and the insurance company. We do also pray for Beth tonight, God, that you would meet her needs financially especially with uh, the news about the rental car because their primary vehicle, uh, Lillian's using it. Uh, God, we pray that perhaps the church down there or someone would be able to perhaps pay a month or two of the, the car rental, God. So we pray that you would meet that need. We thank you that Joe <clears throat> is stable enough to be left alone for a little bit. I pray that you just give him comfort that he needs, the calm that he needs, and that you would see him through this situation. I know there's all kinds of medical challenges that many of us don't understand and perhaps can't empathize exactly what he is going through, God, but we, we ask that you just bring him to our minds several times throughout the day, God, and that we would continue to pray for them and their situation. And we lift up T, God. We pray for encouragement for her. We know how much she encourages us and I know our family specifically, God, over the last several months, and we pray that her bones would heal properly. We pray for the upcoming uh, orthopedic appointment, God, that they would be able to give her some clear answers and timelines on exactly what to expect. I do pray for Demetrius, and I pray that you would heal him up quickly. And t one of T's granddaughters, I'm not sure which one, God, but we pray for complete healing for her as well from the accident that the PT for her back would be beneficial and that uh, you would heal that injury quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to our next song this evening. And our next song is going to be Complete in Thee, No Work in Mine. We are complete in Jesus Christ because what he has done for us. Take, dear Lord, the place of thine. 
Thy blood has pardoned, bought for me, and I am now complete in Thee. Yea, justified, O blessed thought, and sanctified salvation wrought. Thy blood hath pardoned, bought for me, and glorified I too shall be. Complete in Thee, no more shall sin. Thy grace hath conquered, reign within. Thy voice shall bid the tempter flee, and I shall stand complete in Thee. Yea, justified, O blessed thought, and sanctified salvation wrought. Thy blood hath pardoned, bought for me, and glorified I too shall be. Complete in Thee, each one supplied, and no good thing to me denied. Since Thou my portion, Lord, will be, I ask no more, complete in Thee. Yea, justified, O blessed thought, and sanctified salvation wrought. Thy blood hath pardoned, bought for me, and glorified I too shall be. Dear Savior, when before thy bar all tribes and tongues assembled are, among thy chosen will I be, at thy right hand, complete in thee. Yea, justified, sin thought, and sanctified, salvation wrought. Thy blood hath pardoned, bought for me, and glorified, I too shall be. All tribes and tongues assembled. The Bible says in Revelation they will be without number. No man's going to be able to number the amount of people worshiping and glorifying God. It's not just 144,000. It's not for this elect group of people that have a, a great knowledge of God. It's for any who accept Christ and that gift of salvation. He supplies our wants and needs, doesn't he? You know what I've discovered I'm on this health eating journey thing, you know, and the only, I guess, sugar I've had, I guess, would be in bread and uh, like a barbecue sauce. The other day at Lidl, I just bought this mushroom soda. It's kind of good. It's root beer with mushrooms in it. Say what you will, but it feels great. I didn't know I actually had ribs. Uh, I forgot I had ribs. I can feel my ribs again. So, um, man. It's just amazing, but, you know, if you want to try some mushroom soda, I'll bring you some. It's great, but he supplies our wants and needs, and I've realized that, you know what? I really don't need the Twinkie. I really don't need the chocolate chip cookie, and I know that's a, a ridiculous example, but, you know, having food and raiment, Pastor talked about it a few weeks ago, we can be content, can't we? Man, he supplies our every need. Who is next with a prayer request or praise? Muriel, and then we'll come here. I'm sorry, I Maria. forgot your name. Maria. Maria. 
So sorry. It's like a quiz every Wednesday to know everybody's name. I'm so sorry. I have a praise. Thank you. I am. I just want to publicly um, thank the Lord. Um, we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray about things. And I can't begin to share with each of you what the experience was and what it felt like for me to have Rebecca back in the choir where we all think that she belongs. Um, and it's her infectious smile and soft, kind gentleness, just the opposite from somebody rough and gruff like me. But it's a big, big deal. Um, our hearts, especially for the ladies in the prayer group, um, and I'm sure many of you, hopefully, um, to have her there. Um, God answered. Um, if we could take the pain away from our loved ones and people who mean a lot to us, I'm sure each one of us would do it. But sometimes that's not the way God would have it. Mm. And as you said, he needs to stretch us, whether we like it and whether we want it or not. But I just wanted to publicly thank God for having Rebecca um, right where I think she should be. I know she's kind of like a private person, but I'm sorry. I will not hold back for that because he answered our prayer. Amen. Thank you. Amen. And behind that quiet spirit is a wife who I've been pranked by innumerable times during our marriage. So if you want some good stories, I got them. Yes, Maria, hello. Um, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, my heart is heavy right now. My girlfriend of 30 years, well, her son died during COVID. Mm. And now her baby sister died Friday. Oh, man. And I just would like for you all to pray. Her name is Dolores Buchanan. Dolores Buchanan. Yeah, just pray for her to give her strength to get through this. We will do that. Let's go ahead and do that now. Father, thank you so much that we can talk to you in prayer. I do praise you for Rebecca being able to make it to choir on Sunday, and we just we trust you for complete healing there, and we just thank you for meeting our needs. I do lift up Dolores, God, and uh, Maria's friend for a long time, and when we have friends for that long, we can kind of feel their pain as Dolores has lost her son and now lost her sister, and... Uh, those situations can get dark. Those situations can just get very sad. God, so I pray that Maria would be able to provide some encouraging words or perhaps just sit there and hold Dolores' hand. Whatever you impress on her to do, I pray that you just give her wisdom on what to say, what not to say. But we just pray that your Holy Spirit would comfort Dolores, that you would lift her up, that you would encourage her during this time, God. We know that you can provide the exact comfort at the exact time and moment that is needed. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, one time, Rebecca taped a fake snake to the toilet seat. So when I went into the bathroom, I opened the toilet seat and a fake snake on fishing string came out of the toilet. So that gives you a little bit of insight to our family life at the house. Who is next with a prayer request or praise? Steve, I see you. Is there someone over here that has a prayer request or praise? I thought I saw a hand, and then we'll go to Tracy. Yes, Steve? Uh, 
Saturday went well, as always. I was by myself at the Walmart, it's okay, but we had other people sick, so obviously I'm not going to make people come out when they're sick. But um, we had a good time there, and then um, Spanish Market as well. And then Monday, had a really good night at George Mason again. I brought like 11 Hindi tracks just in case, because I've been seeing a lot of people from India there. And I was able to give all 11 of them out to various people from India. Oh, great. And Because usually I can... It's kind of, you kind of learn different cultures as you see them walking, you kind of understand, and especially when they look really puzzled when you give them something in English, and then I'm always like, the India? And then they're like, oh, yes, and then, like, do you speak Hindi? And there's only two of them, they're from this uh, region where they speak Telugu, and I don't have that one yet, but um, I was able to give them, and then I gave an Arabic track to this, it was a Muslim girl, and I think, I guess her boyfriend, and I found out he's from Egypt, and she's from Palestine. Interesting. So I never met people from those two countries. So they took their track in English and in Arabic, and then we probably got about 200 English tracks and had some conversations. and had a really good conversation with a Christian girl. She's only been saved about two years, but unfortunately, she came up first. And when she started talking about what church she goes to, she asked, started asking very like charismatic type questions, like "What do you believe about deliverance and and the baptism of the Holy Spirit?" And so we thought, "Oh, this is going to be interesting," but it really wasn't. It was just that. She be, she's going to a church that teaches that stuff, and she was just like, I don't know, is it biblical, is it not? And so we were able to kind of talk to her biblically what those things are, and I was able to explain to her as a Christian, I was like, I don't need to be delivered if I have the Holy Spirit. It's like Satan can try to attack me or oppress me, but he can't like possess me or he can't you know be in me. Absolutely. And then she started saying all these teachers, like, what about these different teachers? And I had, a, I had to say like respectfully, no, no. No, no, no. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean to you, but I was like, I just wouldn't recommend these people. And so I gave her, because um, she lives in Virginia, so obviously it's not close enough to here to come for Sundays. But I did tell her on the back of our track to have our church information. I said, you can watch the sermons. But I did also recommend her, Adrian Rogers, to look up. And I said, just to really get some good Bible teaching. And I explained my story, how I came out of the Pentecostal church to just sound Bible teaching where just hearing the gospel clearly and understanding things like eternal security that we can know we're saved and and just what it means to what biblically understanding of speaking in tongues and other things were. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a really fruitful, we probably talked to her for like an hour, hour and a half while we were passing out tracks still. And she was blessed by it and we were blessed by it. And um, so that was encouraging. There must have been like 15, I think, people on the team there. And then the other team, they had a really good conversation, but they had someone, unfortunately, they probably have, I'm guessing they have a lot of grief, but they found out they were witnessing um, whatever, and they said, oh, yeah, where was God when my wife, like, took her life or whatever, and then they went to engage him, and he just went, nope, and then he just walked away, hmm. and so pray for people like that, because we do run into all different people out there at the university with different, different backgrounds, different beliefs, different struggles and, and trials we're going through. We will continue to pray for that outreach, but it's great to hear of, you know, being able to taking 11 Hindi tracks and passing them all out. You know, who who knew? Did you assume that you would pass them all out or you were just hoping to cast a wide net? And I mean, man, that's that's really great. Tracy? Um, we have a friend. Um, she's my friend, an old friend's daughter. It's actually my sister's childhood friend. She's 44 years old. Um, she's had cancer for the last three years. Hospice has been called in and they said that there's nothing else they can do. Hmm. So she is saved. Her mother is saved. I'm not sure about her father. Her children and her husband are saved. But she has six children ages 7 to 20 wow. that are very aware that mom will probably be in glory within the next few weeks. So just pray for the family. It's Lisa Stutzman's family. Okay. You know, it's never easy, especially when you're that little. 
Um, but just pray for them to have peace. Mom's very at peace. She's talking her children through it, so she's very aware where she's going. She made a comment that, you know, if you, if you just get satisfied with things here on earth, you have nothing to look forward to. Mm. And she's looking forward to being in heaven. So she's very aware where she's going, but it doesn't make leaving the children behind easy. I'm sure. Dave, uh, could you lift up the Stutzman, is that how you say it, Tracy, Stutzman family? Thank you. Dear Lord, uh, we lift up the uh, Stetsman family. Lord, uh, uh, this lady's only uh, 43, 44. Lord, um, just with, with uh, six children and uh, 20 all the way down to seven, Lord, um, there's a lot of uh, life and family gatherings that are going to be missed, Lord. Um, big families, there's a lot of things happening. And when a member is gone, Lord, there's emptiness. We thank you that she is a Christian and that she will be with you, Lord. Um, you know, it's just a, a blink away and we'll all be in heaven and all be together Again, Lord, thank you for the blessed hope of heaven. We pray that her time of transitioning from this life to uh, life everlasting will be uh, will be uh, graceful, Lord. Um, you know, once you're in heaven, you don't remember the pain it was to get there, and. Uh, Lord, thank you that we're going to be forever in heavenlies uh, with you uh, doing your bidding. Lord, um, it's going to be great. And, you know, um, it's who, who do we really feel sorry for? Us that are still left on earth or those that are enjoying the, the glories of heaven, Lord? So, um, Lord, thank you for ordering our footsteps and uh, teach us to number our days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Katie, I see your hand will come to you here in a minute, but you can grab the mic. And then, Michael, perhaps you can pray for these uh, set of requests. We won't, you don't necessarily need to pray for everything on the prayer sheet, but we know Gerald Lund, Murky's husband, had a stroke today. Thankfully, they were able to get him to the hospital and some good progress. He's talking and able to get some medicine, uh, some anti-clotting medicine. And I guess he had a stroke that's the less serious kind from my understanding. So, but continue to pray for that. Still very scary. Uh, he's still in the ICU. And then Noah has a virtual meeting on Thursday with MVA. So just pray for favor there. And then, of course, we're still praying for Joe Dillon, who had a stroke last week. And uh, Bobby, is there? Joe's doing, doing well? He's back at Charlotte Hall. Okay, so he's not in like kind of more of the independent side. He's kind of under some nurse's care there. So that's, at least he made it back there. I know he was hoping to get back. So praise God for that. And we want to continue praying for Stacy's mom and the situation. And then we prayed for Kyle Mitchell last week and continue to pray for him. And he was just diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. And, uh, I guess they were having an appointment today, I guess, on the treatment options. 
Okay, so we'll look. Okay, great. And Michael, you don't have to pray for every single one of those. But Katie, I know you have a request as well. Um, if you could pray for um, work tomorrow. I'm anticipating a little bit of a, probably it's going to be a little bit of a difficult situation. So I had um, two students talking to me today during a class. Um, and it's, it's my room, but the, there was a sub there for another class. So it was a bit casual. So they were able to kind of have some private conversations, even though there was a lot of other kids. They were asking very, very particular questions. And whenever kids ask very specific hypothetical questions, it's because that is the truth. And they are kind of testing the waters to say you're going to respond to that. So they were doing that, and I could tell they were fishing for a response. Um, it seems that one of the other kids in their class has gotten themselves into a very unsafe situation. Mm. Um, they weren't being very forthcoming in the moment. I could tell they wanted to discuss it with me, but they just felt that they could not. That to do so would be to betray their friends. So we had a very long conversation about that. Um, they both told me they were going to go home and discuss it. I talked with parents and things like that and just said, you know, maybe kind of have a conversation. One of the kids, I am very positive, is going to either talk with her mom tonight or she's going to talk with me tomorrow about it or both. This is likely a situation where I'm going to be calling CPS, most likely. Mm. Um, and possibly some other students may be getting expelled. So I understand. I know that might be, you might be hearing that thinking, man, these kids, but it is difficult when it's your friend and you know this is what's probably going to happen. Mm. That's very scary for like a 15-year-old to feel, even though they're not, to feel like they're responsible for those things potentially happening. So it is difficult for them, but I, I believe they're going to do the right thing. So if you could just pray for them that they will do that and that we will have wisdom and that things will be clear enough so that if a report needs to be made, I'm able to do that and I have the information I need to do that. Um, kind of on the back end of that, I talked to administration today about that. Um, we do have a spiritual retreat coming in about two, two, three weeks. And it's basically like camp, but it's only two nights that we take the kids. So that is coming up. So I don't think that's coincidental. Um, I can tell God's been working on a lot of different things for some kids. So if you could just pray for the retreat coming up in that situation. Um, admin has been having some other situations. When I explained this to her, she said she believes this is going to be a good thing for the kids and that there's going to be a lot of conversations happening at the retreat. So if you could pray for that too. We will do that. Michael, would you mind, please? Thank you. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you now, and God, we lift up these many requests to you. Or we think of uh, Gerald, God, with the stroke, we praise you that it wasn't too serious. We pray that you would um, give the doctors wisdom here on how to treat him, and I pray that he would continue to make a recovery here. I, hope, I pray that we would see a full recovery here. And we think of uh, Noah with his um, MVA appointment coming up this week. We pray that you would give him favor, give him a, a good outcome here, Lord, and we think of, um, we, we pray for the situation with Katie with the, um, her students. Uh, we pray that you give Katie wisdom to know how to handle it and give the administration wisdom as well. I pray that, God, that the, um, you know, the situation that these, this kid is in, I pray that, um, God, it would be resolved and you would uh, work this for your good and your glory. 
And we also lift up the uh, spiritual retreat coming up at Katie's school. We pray that you would bless that, and I pray that you would work in the hearts and lives of kids there, and maybe even use this situation going on to, to bring those close to you. And God, we ask all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to our next song, Every Promise of Your Word. There are numerous promises in the Bible, and uh, we can just trust God that every single one is 100% true. From the breaking of the dawn to the setting of the sun, I will stand on every promise of your word. Words of power strong to save that will never pass away i will stand on every promise of your word for your covenant is sure and on this i am secure i can stand on every promise from your When I stumble and I sin, condemnation pressing in, I will stand on every promise of your word. You are faithful to forgive that in freedom I might live. So I stand every promise of your word. Guilt to innocence restored, you remember sins no more. So I'll stand on every promise of your word. When I'm faced with anguish choice, I will listen for your voice, and I'll stand on every promise of your word. Through this dark and troubled land, you will guide me with your hand, as I stand on every promise of your word. And you've promised to complete every work begun in me. So I'll stand on every promise of your word. He gives us hope. Hope that lifts me from despair. Love that casts out every fear. As I stand on every promise of your word. Not forsaken, not alone, for the Comforter has come. And I stand on every promise of your word. Grace sufficient, grace for me, grace for all who 
as kids there's often that term uh you know pinky swear have you ever heard that term before and just how like childish and meaningless that is sometimes and uh god is just way better and way more true and faithful than anything silly like that that some kids do or you know you hear a gentleman's agreement or a handshake deal you often hear and how often do those things often break apart right because bosses change and this and that and if i had a dime for every time I heard at my job, oh, that was a handshake deal. I'm like, well, we can't do things on handshake deals. It doesn't work that way. Contracts and signatures, right? And why do we have to have contracts and signatures nowadays? It's because we've continued to break our word over time and we need a legal document to keep us straight, right? Isn't that sad? Yep. You know, society has gone that way. So anyways, um, let's pray for the loss now. Dave, would you mind giving the microphone to Stephen? And Stephen, would you mind just lifting up those needing salvation? Uh, the, the prayer list is there, and we don't necessarily need to read every name, but you're welcome to. We have uh, some time. But just think about it as we pray for these individuals. Really hone in. Don't think about what you're doing after uh, church. Don't think about what time it is and what time you should be in bed or what time you have to leave for work tomorrow or, you know, all those distractions that happen when we close our eyes, Right. Our minds just go a million miles an hour. Maybe you just need to bow your head and keep your eyes open. Whatever it takes to keep you concentrated in this moment, because this is by far the most uh, important prayer that we will pray tonight. And it's not, it's not in, the, I guess, the words that we say. The Holy Spirit will move in these individuals' lives. Let's just think about the seriousness of this time as we pray for the lost. Stephen, if you would, please. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you once again for this opportunity to be in your house, and we thank you that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and find help and comfort and, and all that we need. And God, the most important thing that a living soul needs is to be born again, to know Jesus Christ personally for the forgiveness of sins, and not just to know Jesus, but to be known by Jesus and so, God, these many people that have been added to the list, we lift them up before you. And we think of just a few of them, but all these are just as equally important. And, Lord, I think of Eric and Stephanie Lyles and Nick and Lucas Lyles and, and Mason Mathis and um, the prisoners that are behind bars, God. We pray for just all the, the different um, prison, prison ministries that are out there of just faithful brothers and sisters in Christ that are taking the gospel to the prisons that are bringing instruments and having services there where they're singing songs of praise and worship and proclaiming Christ as their only hope that even though they are imprisoned there and maybe many for the rest of their life for crimes they've committed but that they can have an eternal pardon with you and that one day when they pass from this life though they may have been imprisoned here they will be free in heaven forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ alone and so, God, for each and every member or uh, person that's been added to this list, we lift them up to you. And we ask if the people that have put their names on here have any contact with them, if, if they're close, if they live near them, if they're able to visit them on a regular basis, if they're able to call them, FaceTime them, whatever, that you would give them the boldness, the wisdom, and the courage to just go and proclaim the gospel to them and plead with them 
and tears begging for them to repent and believe the gospel. And if for some reason these people live far away, maybe many miles away, maybe many states away, we pray for a local church there, a good local Bible-believing church to come by on a Saturday visitation and knock on their door, visit just a, a Christian with a burden for souls to reach them at their place of business. Maybe, they, maybe they're a clerk somewhere at a convenience store. Maybe they're working at a restaurant and that person can go and reach them with a good tip and a good testimony and, and tell them about the Savior who bled and died for them and rose again so that they could have eternal life and not perish in their sins. And so, God, we just pray for each and every one of these people, and we pray that we would hear testimonies of these people being saved, and that they would not just be removed because a number of months have passed or even years have passed, but that they would be removed because we hear a clear testimony of them repenting and putting their faith and trust in Christ alone to save them. And, Lord, help us not to take this list for granted. Many of these are loved ones and family friends and people we know personally, or else we would not have been concerned enough to add them to this list. And so, God, we just beg for your mercy and your Holy Spirit to just work and save each and every one of these, God. Your word says there's nothing too hard for thee, and we believe that tonight. And we believe we're going to see many of these saved and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we just thank you, and we praise you alone, knowing you're going to do great things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing one more song together before Pastor Christopher comes and teaches God's Word to us. We will sing, Oh, How He Loves You and Me. He loved us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. What a great truth that is. He loved us so much. Oh, how He loves you and me. Oh, how He loves you and me. He gave his life, what more could he give? Oh, how he loves you, oh, how he loves me, oh, how he loves you and me. He went to Calvary. Jesus to Calvary did go. His love for sinners to show What He did there Brought hope from despair Oh, how He loves you Oh, how He loves me Oh, how He loves you and me Amen. He does love us, doesn't He? Please be seated. Thank you. all of you. We are the body of Christ. What a blessing to look out and see people who I know, who I love, and who I know love me. And most importantly, we all love him. And because of that, we're really unified in a very special way. Well, two major parts of our body are missing tonight. A lot more than that, but Pastor Schneider and Pastor Chuck are in Peru. Very exciting. I got to talk to Pastor Schneider today, and he said it is going extremely well. He's so glad to meet Robert. Robert doesn't speak 
an ounce of English, but they have a wonderful translator named Caleb who is helping them bridge the gap, and they're going to bring home for us a sample of Robert because they're filming a really cool interview so that we can get to know him and the work that's going on there and what, what, what God is doing in Peru and how he's going to be able to use us. And also, they are making lots of progress on figuring out exactly what we can do when we go down in August, August 5th. So if you haven't gotten your passport yet, I'm telling you, it's time. Don't do like we did and wait too long and then have the stress of having to go downtown to get it in person. So get that happening tonight. Let's pray for our pastors as they're there and also for our message. Father, we do sincerely thank you for Pastor Chuck and for Pastor Schneider and the way that you've used them in our lives and in our church Thank you that they cling to the truth, which is your word, and that they proclaim it boldly, unashamedly. We thank you for their safe arrival in Peru. I thank you that you are taking great care of them, as you always do, and that you're giving them success and favor, and that you are allowing them to accomplish their goals. I thank you so much that you preserved Gerald's life today. You are so good, so good. It was hard to take that call from Murky today. She was not at peace. She was distraught, as any of us would be faced with such a traumatic situation. But Father, I was reminded and I reminded her that you are holding her hand through the storm. And it's okay to beg for healing, but don't ever doubt for a minute that you are there and that you're working. And so, Father, we just give you all of the glory for what has been done in his life already, for the fact that you already allowed progress to be made. He was in a bad way today but you allowed him to be seen in time, and we just praise you. I also pray for this message, Father. I love your word, and your word comes to life every time we open it, every time we read it, study it, meditate on it, and every time it's proclaimed. So, Father, I am here as your very humble servant. I have nothing in myself to offer. But your word says it all, and your powerful, precious Holy Spirit can certainly speak through me, not because of me, but because of you. And I pray that you would do that. There are words tonight that I know you intend to use to inspire us and to open our eyes and to motivate us. So I pray that you would do just that and that I would get out of the way. In Jesus Christ's holy name, I pray. Amen. Well, let's start this way. We have the best news ever. I mean, there's nothing more I really have to say. I could walk out tonight and the message is over. We have the best news ever that Jesus saves and that God's grace really is amazing. It's not just a song. The world loves that song because it's beautiful, but they don't really grasp just how amazing God's grace is. It's transforming it is generous. It is not earned. We cannot do one iota to earn God's grace. Do you realize that? There's nothing. He says, I want to save you. You are in sin. You are stuck. And I want to reach down and pull you out and save you. And what do you do to get saved? You have to raise your hand. Do you have to start really running? No, all you have to do is say, yes, please save me. And he does it all. And he deserves all of the glory. Let's make sure that we, when we are sharing the gospel, that we don't add anything to God's requirements for salvation. It is grace 
plus nothing. It's just all on him. We just need to grab on to what he's offering us. Tonight, we're going to look at one interaction in the Bible that is, you know, I would say a little easily misunderstood, but the more deeply we grasp its meaning, we can have our faith profoundly impacted, and we can also gain some clarity when we're sharing the gospel. So would you please open your Bibles to John chapter 8? We're going to read through this and let this story come to life and see what it is that the Holy Spirit wants to teach you tonight about how you understand grace, how you understand his transforming power. So in 8 verse 1, it says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. When did he do that? Well, after receiving some harsh criticism from the Pharisees, just like always, those blessed Pharisees. You know, honestly, I am thankful for them because I don't want to be anything like them. But the temptation is there. If you're involved in any kind of church life, you know that there is temptation to be a Pharisee, to try your hardest, to check all the boxes, to behave exactly correctly. That's not the message of the gospel. So those Pharisees, oh boy, so thankful that they're here to show us what not to do. So he's been rejected once again by the Pharisees. He goes to the Mount of Olives. And then verse 2 says, And early in the morning he came again into the temple. The temple. We're not talking about just like a little church that was in some town somewhere. We're talking about the temple in Jerusalem. And what did he do there? And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. You know, he's still doing that today for anyone who will listen. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to interact with you. His word is still alive today, just like it was back then. But here's where the scene gets really interesting. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, the midst of what? Jesus and all these people who have gathered to hear Jesus teach. You know what they're doing, right? You can sense it. They set her in the midst. It's time for an example. This woman's going to be an example, and we're going to trap you, Jesus. It's going to be real fun. Let's see how you handle this trial. They say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. You could just hear their disdain for her. And at the same time, their disdain for him. Why do they not like Jesus? He is not from the same world that they're from. And he's actually going to point that out later. But he is from a completely different point of view than them. Everything about their way of life and their understanding of religion, it doesn't line up with his at all. They, they think it does. They think they know the Father. But the truth is, nothing could be further from the truth. So the, she's caught in the very act, they say. And then in verse 5, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? You know, that would be a tough situation to be in, wouldn't it? If, can you imagine if it was you and you were in Jesus' shoes and they bring this woman and they put you on the spot and they want you to say, Moses says this, how about you? Why would they even ask this question? They ask this question for a few reasons, I think. One, 
they're obsessed with man's rules, man's regulations. They mention Moses. Why would they even say it that way? Why wouldn't they say, God the Father wants? They don't say that, do they? Moses commanded. They are coming at this from the complete wrong direction. Who are these men? They are scribes and Pharisees. What do you know about scribes? What was their job? To copy the scriptures. And they did that faithfully, didn't they? They did it, and that's why the scriptures were preserved even until this moment. I say that's why it was preserved. Obviously, God did the preserving, but he used these scribes. Even men used by God can be serving the wrong master. These poor scribes. I feel bad for them because they're doing God's work, but they're doing it clearly in the flesh, in their own power. They have the wrong heart. They are on their way right now, I would say to you. Well, when I say right now, I mean as of the writing of this, as we're putting ourselves in the story. They're on their way to eternal destruction. Verse 6. This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. What an interesting response to such a fiery question. He didn't bring the heat right back, did he? He didn't fight fire with fire, as some would say. He stooped down. They intended to make an example of this woman, and they simultaneously attempted to do what? To trap Jesus into an act for which they could legally accuse him. They wanted him to trip himself up so that they'd have clear grounds to, in front of all the people, say, Aha! We gotcha. You deserve to be punished. You deserve to die. But sinless Jesus doesn't owe them a response to this question. Actually, they had the right to carry out the judgment before even asking him. If they were truly interested in doing the right thing, quote-unquote, all they had to do was take her to a correct court, make sure they had the right witnesses, And then the law could be carried out if that was their true heart's desire. But clearly it wasn't. He writes on the ground. You've heard many preachers say, oh, he might have been writing this or he might have been writing that. The Bible doesn't say. So it's not that important that we speculate what he wrote. But I find something very interesting. His actions speak much more loudly than our suppositions about what's going on. He stoops down. He takes a place of humility as he often does. Can you think of anyone more humble, more meek than Jesus? No. And at the same time, can you think of anyone more powerful, more righteous, more holy than Jesus? No. So he stoops down. His actions are speaking loudly. Verse 7 says, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself. They kept pushing and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Wow. This is radically different from the Mosaic law that they were referencing. No one could measure up to this exact specification that he was all of a sudden making. That wasn't part of the Mosaic law. The Mosaic law didn't say, carry out this punishment if you have not sinned. Do you agree with that? That was not in the Mosaic law. If someone murdered someone and there were witnesses and you knew for sure it was them, 
They were to be killed. Not by people who were sinless. So why does Jesus do this? I wonder. You know, it's because Jesus changes everything. And when he came to this planet, he changed everything. He didn't come to say, you know all that Mosaic law? Tear it up, throw it away, erase it, get rid of it. It's no longer important to understand that. He said, I came to fulfill it. Right? So although we don't have to follow the Mosaic law, praise the Lord, can I get a hallelujah to that? Although we don't have to follow the entire Mosaic law, it's there to show us our desperate need of him. And it's still doing that today. So no one measures up to this new standard that Jesus is placing. No one is without sin. Was he nullifying the Mosaic law? No. What was the purpose of the Mosaic law? To show us we needed a what? Wait a minute. We needed the one who's right here, right now, saying these very things. He's right there saying the Mosaic law isn't going to save you. But listen, if any of you out here have already achieved perfection, you go right ahead and throw that first stone. Oh, you haven't. Interesting. Without answering any of the questions, I am sure were swirling in their heads and hers. By the way, think of it from her perspective. I don't know when she was caught in the act. It doesn't say it was that morning. It could have been the night before, and they had her somewhere away plotting, oh, how can we use this to our advantage to destroy this Jesus who threatens everything we know about our way of life? I don't know. But she had some anxiety. She had some trepidation. Her life is on the line, and she's embarrassed. Of course she was embarrassed. But look at verse 8. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He sure didn't answer the question they had the way they were expecting him to answer. Do you notice that? They just wanted him to say, blah, blah, And so they could say, ha, ha, we got you. Oh, he's never going to fall for that, of course. Verse 9, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. There's still a crowd here, you realize. The crowd must be awfully hushed at this moment, about like you are right now. The Pharisees and the scribes, one by one, leave the scene. That's not what the people were expecting. What were the people expecting? We're going to see a stoning today. This woman was caught in adultery. We know this man speaks with authority. So it's, it's got to happen. They one by one leave. The puzzlement that must have been in their mind was intense because they thought, these are our spiritual leaders. Why are they leaving? Why aren't they carrying out the Mosaic law? Well, Jesus turned everything on its head. Here we have Jesus and the woman in the midst of the crowd of people in the temple who witnessed the whole ordeal. By the way, they're in a place called the treasury. We'll talk about that in a second. Verse 10 says, When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? I want you to imagine Jesus standing up off the ground and he looks left and he looks right 
And he asks her a question that he already knew the answer to because he doesn't need information. He says, where are those that accused you? He already knows they're gone, but he asks why, because it's important. He asks her a question that probably led her to cautiously hope. At this point, she's thinking, maybe, maybe my life doesn't end today. Where are those that accuse you? And what does she say? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And this is that verse that I think has the potential to be very misunderstood. If you are young in your faith, you can interpret it this way. If you're really old in your faith, you could interpret it this way. If you are not a believer, you could read it and interpret it this way. Let's try to get to the bottom of what this verse really means and see just how amazing grace is as we examine verse 11. I'm going to read it again. She said, no man, Lord, and I'm sure she's quaking. No man, Lord, what was she probably waiting for? But are, are you going to condemn me? She doesn't say that, and I'm, I'm not trying to add to Scripture, but be real. If she's, she's a human being, and she's been dragged out of this horrible situation, and she's in front of Jesus. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Ah, here we have it then. Clearly, Jesus no longer cares about sin. Uh-oh. Wrong interpretation. We know that's not what here. Is he saying, okay, neither do I condemn thee. That means you get a free ticket to heaven. No, that's not what he's saying either. Here is the verse that we're going to talk about tonight. It has profound meaning for us. And I believe that it has profound meaning for every human being who will ever live. Why didn't Jesus condemn her? Jesus does take sin seriously, doesn't he? Does he take the sin of adultery seriously? Or is that all of a sudden no big deal? You were caught in adultery. I don't even care. I don't condemn you. We know that's not true for quite a few reasons, one of which is he says, go and sin no more. Is it possible for her to go and sin no more? I I see some yeses. I hear some noes. We all know we're Christians, and we still sin. But that is not our identity. Our identity isn't we are just sinners now. We are born-again believers. How are we declared? We are declared to be righteous. So when God looks at us, it's as if we have no sin on our account. It is empty. It is wiped clean. So when he says to her, go and sin no more, it's kind of like a double meaning in a way. You've been spared what you, you could have certainly endured punishment under the Mosaic law, but you weren't. So go your way and sin no more. Stay out of trouble, but also go and be changed. And there's more to come on that. So let's talk about how he views adultery, because if you at all come away with this thinking, he's just soft on adultery. I don't know why. Look at Matthew 5, 27 to 28. It says this. Debbie. I'm making eye contact with the screen as the verses come up dramatically. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. It's a good rule. 
It has far-reaching effects. Side note, every rule that God has for us is for our good. And it is a way of expressing love to him and love to others. When we commit adultery, we are not loving God, and we are certainly not loving the people that we are defrauding and robbing from. Don't commit adultery. Good rule. Good rule. But Jesus comes in and he changes it. He makes it stronger, more powerful. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. What does Jesus care about? He cares about our heart. Where does sin come from? Our heart. It's overflowing from our heart. And Jesus is saying to the people who are hearing this sermon, I don't care if you haven't committed the act. I want your heart. Your heart is the problem, everyone. Your heart is the problem. Listen to me. Your heart is the problem. I'm the solution. And so here we get this played out beautifully with this woman caught in adultery. We are talking about death here when he says, neither do I condemn thee. I do not condemn you to die right now. There's the meaning. The Mosaic law is changed from the moment Jesus comes on the scene forevermore. If someone in our church commits adultery, we do not gather around in a huddle and decide to stone them to death. Right? Right. We don't do that. Why? Because there's forgiveness, because there's grace, because we let God handle the judgment. We are to administer grace and love and to bring them to a place of forgiveness. We don't know if this lady is saved or not right now. And just because she commits adultery does not mean that she's not saved, does it? Complicated, but true. Christians royally blow it sometimes. So when Jesus went to her, well, well, she, she was brought to him, but was his message to her something along these lines? Wow, you've got a lot of potential. If only you could stop this adultery thing, I could really work with you. That's not the message at all. That's not the message to any of us. That should never be our message to anyone. Right. Hey, you've almost got it together, but I see you have this little problem with the bottle. You know, if you could get that under control, you'd make a great Christian. That's not what Jesus came for. He didn't come to empower you to try more, to give up more things. Well, then why does he talk so much about not sinning? Of course, he wants us to be holy like he is holy. There's no getting away from that. Sin is not to be a cherished part of our lives. We are to abolish it from our lives. Yes, 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 yes. When? After we're saved. We don't get cleaned up and say, okay, I think I'm ready now, Jesus. I've gotten rid of that last sin. Save me, Lord. If you come to him with that attitude, you've missed the whole point. You are, you are adding something to his grace, and we should never do that. This woman didn't have the opportunity to do that. He simply said, I don't condemn you. He did not come to earth to do a lot of condemning, did he? We don't see that. As he's going around healing people, loving people, eating dinner with sinners, he didn't come to say, shame on you. You are terrible. He came to say, I'm here. The Father's told you about me for a long time. I'm here. I want you to believe on me. I want you to follow me. 
And they were just like, mm, you don't look like the picture of the Messiah we were expecting. Sorry, you're not mean enough. You're not tough enough. You're not judgmental enough. You're not like the Pharisees. What's your problem? How can you possibly be the Messiah? And then he does this. This had to be pretty radical for the people watching. They were expecting a showdown. They were expecting death. And he doesn't bring death here. He ends with a notably clear rebuke. We already said it. Go and sin no more. Is she saved? Has she repented? We can't say for certain. Why not? Because the Bible doesn't tell us. We only know that Jesus does not condemn her to physical death in the moment. Perhaps he wants her to have more time to make a decision to follow him. That's what we call grace. Why doesn't God just destroy every sinner the moment they get caught in some horrific sin? Grace, mercy, he's always calling. How long do you have to make a decision about whether or not to follow Jesus? You have one lifetime and that's it. And everybody's lifetime is a different length. Choose to follow Jesus while you may. How about you? Is there a part of you that wants to punish others' sexual sins like these Pharisees did? I mean, they wanted Jesus to get trapped. They wanted this woman to be made an example. People do have sexual sins. I know Christians who have sexual sins. Sexual sin is powerful. It is powerful, isn't it? It's powerful because of chemistry. It's powerful because of our depraved nature. But you know what? God is greater, and we should never look at anyone's sexual sin and say, I got to step back from you. I'm sorry. You know, I don't, I don't get to share the great news with you because you're just too dirty. You know, if, if Jesus saw what you were doing, surely he would condemn you to death. That's not the message at all. We should be approaching everyone, no matter what kind of sin they're entangled in, with the kind of grace that Jesus approaches this woman with and says, I don't condemn you. Why? Why didn't Jesus have to condemn her? Isn't that what justice is? You're a sinner, so therefore you have to be punished. That is going to be decided after your death. What have you done with Jesus? That's the decision. That's the judgment that God brings. He doesn't get you to heaven and say, how much bad did you do? How much good did you do? He only says, figuratively speaking, what have you done with Jesus? I sent my son. Is he your savior? And most people will say, no, I thought I was my savior. I tried really, really hard. And the worst news that they're ever going to hear is depart I never knew you. So this lady, just like so many people in our society, didn't need to get cleaned up to be in the presence of Jesus. If she got saved, the Holy Spirit would begin to do that cleansing work in her life after she got saved. Let's never put it in the wrong order. The world needs to know that God is calling them to himself completely irrelevant of how much cleaner they can be. They don't even know the half of what their sin problem is, to be honest. You know, we know it on a deeper level because the Holy Spirit has showed us. Yeah, that's sin too. That's got to go. And I'm, I'm now working with you on that. It might be 10 years after you're saved that he reveals to you that this thing that you've always loved is actually not serving a relationship with him. So I hope this is transformative for you. It's certainly encouraging to me. 
His grace is greater. His grace needs nothing added to it. And if you try to add to it, you're perverting the gospel, so don't do it. Don't ever ask people to get cleaned up and then saved. Lead them to the Lord and then let the Spirit go to work. Yes, they have to acknowledge that they're a sinner, of course. I'm not saying don't have them acknowledge they're a sinner. Everybody is born a sinner. But they don't have to get cleaned up first. Praise God, because I sure couldn't have done that. And none of you could have either. You can't get cleaned up until you're saved. And then you are clean indeed from the inside out. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the blood of Jesus that cleanses like nothing else can. Our efforts, they're all in vain if we try to do it apart from the power of your spirit. Father, we need your cleansing power. We need to share the power with others and we want to see our community saved. We want to see people drawn to you. We want to see our church grow. We want to be a place where discipleship happens. It's exciting to watch change happen in someone's life. And we know that only happens because of what your spirit is doing inside of them. God, be glorified in every way. Motivate us, inspire us, teach us to share the gospel with people we come in contact with our neighbors, our friends, our relatives, people on the bus. There's no limit to the people that need to hear the gospel. And we know that you are the narrow gate. And so many people choose the wide gate, Father. Let us be a beacon of light that says, go this way, follow Jesus, He is the answer to all of your problems and so many that you don't even know about. God be glorified now as we leave. In Jesus Christ's holy name, we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here. Have a wonderful night and a wonderful week. Thank you.